Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Well, hello once again, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And of course, I say that with the utmost respect as always. Welcome or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow Developer Podcast. In this episode, I've got the pleasure of talking to Dan Bellina, Expert Programs Delivery Senior Manager. Wow, there's a title. How are you today, Dan? Doing well, Chuck. Uh, thanks so much for having me here on this podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to be uh, to be with you and your audience today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Off to a good start. CreatorCon is rolling up its sleeves and getting excited for the conference in May. Knowledge and all the stuff that it entails. Very, very much looking forward to that. Well, before we begin, Dan, I always like to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I have the pleasure, Chuck, of saying that I've been with ServiceNow for a little more than eight years. Um, I love my time here at the company. Uh, eight years. If you'd have told me eight years ago I'd be here for eight years, I, I would have just had <laughs> no idea how to answer that. But uh, time flies, no doubt, when you're having fun. And, and boy, it's just been uh, to watch this company grow and and, and continue helping people in, in the roles that I've had. So during my time at ServiceNow, I've been a part of onboarding and training and coaching, uh, primarily new ServiceNow employees, as well as folks from our partner ecosystem, right? Um, I've supported and run a number of programs that include audiences from both of those worlds. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've recently coached 22 new certified master architects, or what's being referred to as CMAs, as a part of our AMS CMA program into the CMA community. Congratulations. That is an awesome accomplishment. That is a prestigious certification. So thank you for all your help in that. I think we originally crossed paths earlier in your ServiceNow career, somewhere in the enablement program with Heath Ramsey and Dolan White and Dale Brown. And uh, the, the we continue to cross every once in a while. And this one seemed like a good opportunity. But before we get into why you're here and what we're going to talk about today, what do you enjoy doing when you're not at work? Well, when those two minutes a day that I'm not at work, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so no doubt, um, you know, I, I enjoy spending time. I have two daughters um, that are now uh, a little older. My oldest one is now a junior in college. She uh, just turned 21 um, recently. And just a fun fact there is I refuse to have any type of an alcoholic drink with her. I just, <laughs> I'm just not there yet as, as a dad, but uh, maybe one day, but uh you know, so my my youngest daughter is uh, a senior in high school. She's getting ready to go off to college next year, and it's uh, one of those times in my life where, you know, it's there's a kind of a shift in my life going away from you know the focus of you know raising my daughters to now you know it's really just kind of supporting them at this point in their mm-hmm. in their in their lives, right? You know, both being in college, but it's it's humbling and gratifying, but also bittersweet in the sense of like you know I, I long for those moments to be more with them, right? Uh, outside of my kids, I enjoy. I'm a very much an active guy like yourself. I know you and I talked a lot about the martial arts in the back. I know you've got a, more, a martial arts background, as, as as I do as well. Way back in the day, uh, I enjoy working out. Um, numerous types of workouts. I've over the years built a gym in my basement. I do some cycling, uh, some adventure motorcycle riding. I love to jump on. Uh, I've got an adventure bike that I jump on, and and I know I shouldn't have done this, but last year I pulled the trigger and bought a dirt bike. Just what I need, right? So I also <laughs> got 
some dirt biking I got going on. And Dale Brown, as you mentioned, is also a, a dirt biker. And he be, is, as he is my boss today, we talk a lot about he and I dirt biking, which, you know, you wouldn't think we should be doing now. But uh, the last thing, too, is I'm pretty excited about this. I just bought a new kayak, actually. And it's um, my, I, I've gone kayaking before, but this is a, uh, a sit-on kayak, not a sit-in kayak. Mm-hmm. It is for two people. For two people. And I, you know, being a resident here of Western Pennsylvania, uh, I love the outdoors and there's a lot of small streams and creeks and some lakes even that I could take this. uh, It's roughly 12 feet long and I'm looking forward to putting it in the water and just uh, just kind of chilling out, you know, not necessarily riding the rapids, but just uh, appreciating uh, nature and what it offers in the sense of like, you know, a slower pace. So there's no motor on it. It's just going to be maybe just a paddle or two and, and off I go. So I'm looking forward to, to doing that sometime soon. Yeah. Kayaks are a lot of fun. I've done the, the sit on one also one and two person. And you just, you find that lazy river that just kind of carries you along. You do a little paddling, you do a little steering and you enjoy the sights. It, it, it really is a nice way to just sort of get away from the tech world for a while. Exactly. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it, it, what you just said, yes. Now, I thought we'd try something different this episode. So true to our show's vision, this is content for developers. But a while back, Dan, you and I were talking about some soft skills or some non-technical things that would be just as handy and useful for developers as learning the latest technology. We did some brainstorming and we settled on a few topics. And the first is how to provide an update to Anyone higher up in the organization than you, and this could be a manager, director, VP, senior VP, or possibly even someone in the C-suite. So for simplicity, we'll just refer to this person as an executive. But remember that it could be at any level. Now, the general ideas apply, the ideas that we're going to cover apply regardless of where they are in the organization above you. So why don't we get started? Um, Dan, what is the First thing our listeners should know about talking to executives. You know, that, that's a great point and a great topic. And having coached a number of um, the CMAs here recently, um, you know, along the same type of a topic, two words that I, I really want to bestow upon the listeners when talking to, whether it's an executive or just even someone higher in the organization. If you remember nothing else on this podcast, remember this, be succinct. Amen, brother. Right. And it's it's the analogy that I use with uh, when I'm coaching folks is, um, you know, if I told you, hey, we're going to go on vacation and we're going to go to, you know, we're going to go to Florida in the middle of winter. And, you know, it's OK. The weather is going to be 85 degrees during the day and whatnot. You know, I guarantee you, most people typically put too much into their suitcase when they go. Right. They just you plan for wet weather or this weather or that weather and you get there, you open up your suitcase and you realize, oh man, I just need to like four t-shirts and like two pairs of shorts to get through this entire week. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing when talking to an executive. We uh, we go in with this message in our head with what we think we need to convey because it might rain. They might ask questions and all these things. And all the while, executives especially will appreciate the fact that you've Packed your suitcase two or three times, meaning you've reduced what you're taking with you to get to the core of the message, right? So if you really looked at that suitcase and went through it again, and I questioned you on, Chuck, do you really need like three pairs of tennis shoes? You're like, well, I could probably do it with one pair, right? 
be succinct, right? So being succinct is relevant and key. Less is more. Um, if we're using PowerPoint decks and so forth, Im uh, images, believe it or not, you can yep. convey some powerful messages with an image, okay? And your talk track, when I coach people to use that image, your talk track is relevant and succinct to that image. So as you're talking, you're giving context behind the relevance of that image. The the executives, you pique the, the executives or that person's interest with that image, like, oh, that's an interesting image. What is this message? They're they're very much tuned into you at that point, and you have their undivided attention. That's where being succinct and to the point is just key, right? So being that succinct person is ultimately very key. And the last thing I want to just leave you with in, in, in the sense of a framework around being succinct is this concept of problem, solution, value. So if we're going to be succinct, think of it as I need my tennis shoes, my socks, and my T-shirt, right? So problem. What is the problem? What is the challenge um, that, that you want to convey? You succinctly summarize that. What is the solution? Whether it's a solution you're presenting or a solution they're looking to drive to. And then ultimately, what's the value to that organization, to that person, that team? So that framework will give you a, an idea of how to express maybe an update on something or, or a new concept, right? Problem, solution, value, and being succinct. And I, I, getting back to the, the slide visualization, what I discovered about putting visual images on slides is if it's a picture of a group of people, I, I just did this the last couple of days because I was putting together a creator con deck. And I said, I really don't want a bunch of blocks with, with tables and flow designer, bullet items all over the place. If you show an image, you immediately stop them from reading the slide and focus mm -hmm. on what you're saying. So that's exactly. that's a nice way to draw the focus in a certain direction. Uh, you mentioned the whole problem solution. I, I love that. It because it, one thing that I learned early, early in my career is when dealing with a manager, you never come down with just problems. You have to offer solutions or options and a recommendation is another thing. It's like, here's an option. We could do nothing. Here's an option. It could cost us $10,000. Here's an option. It could cost a million dollars. Here's my recommendation. And you know, exactly. that's, that's kind of what they hired you for. Uh, getting back to the succinct, what do you say we do a little role play? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, let's go through a first we'll go through a bad example of, and i'll take on the bad role of how to communicate with an executive um and this is something that i've been guilty of and and frankly i still continue to think about the message i want to deliver and how i want to deliver that because i can be kind of verbose i'm a data-driven guy uh, but how about you be the senior vice president of it and i'll be a developer and i've got a relay a project status to you yeah let's do it okay. i like it pretty, and, pretty I, and i like that uh and i assume that's a promotion without pay too unfortunately right <laughs> i like to tell people well that would be a step back <laughs> in my career but i'll i'll try to remember how i did it <laughs> that's right <laughs> okay uh you start out with your lead-in question how would you start this out all right so let's do this um here we go Hey, Chuck, uh, how's the new website coming to take registrations for CreatorCon? Well, we've got a lot of stories in the backlog that still need to be prioritized. And 
that can't be done until we resolve the data format issue coming from the vendor's REST API. They're unable to handle synchronous requests at this point, and that's causing us some problems. And that's because they're not okay. using the latest. Hold on a second. Okay, so l- let me just kind of stop you right there. So as a um, as an SVP, Chuck, um, I just need a quick update, right? So it sounded bad because you started with, well, right? <laughs> That's not a dead giveaway. There is never one. You know, so uh, yeah, do, do everyone a favor in that context and never lead with well, right? It's it's like, so, so I was walking down the street or well, secondly, Chuck, you never really got to the heart of the matter, right? There are acronyms in there that I may, I may have heard, but really I may not have heard, uh, but I don't understand. And you kind of launched into everything that's important to you right you gave me nothing important to me so let's uh mm. i'd have you think about those things as uh as you are to um uh, respond to that again all right so what you're saying is as a developer or individual contributor or employee i need to recognize what's important to my listener in your case the svp right exactly so give me an example what that might look like well, if we take a look at uh, you know the bottom line, right? Put the bottom line up front and keep it brief, right? So when say the senior vice president asks you something like, "How's the new website coming?" Your first response should be something like, "Great," mm-hmm. or not so good. It could be something like, "It's not good, chief. We're at risk of missing the launch date." Give them an overall picture. Right, fast and be honest, be upfront with it, right? Try using the problem solution value approach. So something like if they need if they need to, they'll ask more details like, uh-huh, interesting, what's up with that? Um, but don't necessarily launch the, to the details too quickly. Just go a little deeper, something like the project is at risk due to a vendor data exchange problem. And stop. And you know what they do? <laughs> what what do they do every, almost every time, Dan? Well, right. So most times in the bad situation, they'll ask how they can help you prepare to ask for specifics, right? Right. Because that's really, you know, that relationship that you have with your boss is if you've got problems, they'll ask, how can I be of help? I I was just doing this. I'm I'm nobody's boss right now. I'm an individual contributor, but I'm a project manager on something for CreatorCon and somebody runs into problems. I say, how can I help? What do we need to clear? What, how do we get this out of the way? Because it's it's my butt on the line if it fails, just like it's your butt or the C- senior VP's butt on the line if we don't get that website up and running on time and on budget. So how can I help get this back on track? They're as invested in it as you are. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay. Let's try that again, and I'll try better to give better responses. Okay. All right. So with all that in mind, let's just... Uh, if you can put this together and pack the right clothes in the suitcase, right? So here we go. <laughs> so, uh, so Chuck, where are we uh, on Project Cumulus? We're on track for the December go live. However, we've got one yellow risk that we're chasing down. Nothing to worry about at this point, but I just want to keep you posted in case that changes. Hmm, interesting. Uh, tell me more about the uh, the yellow risk that you've identified. Yeah, we had a software contractor leave just before finishing code code review, and we've got a replacement coming in next week with considerable experience and should be up to speed quickly. With a good push, we'll have things back on track in two weeks. Hmm, Okay. Uh, What was the reason for leaving? Uh, They had a family emergency, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Is there anything you need from me or my team? Not at this point, but I appreciate the offer. 
Awesome. Well, Chuck, uh, that's exactly what I needed to know. I've got a board meeting tomorrow afternoon, and I appreciate the update. So uh, thank you very much. Good luck with that. Let me know if you need anything else from me. You got it. All right. <laughs> Let Walk us through what we just did and didn't do. What was great, you didn't start off with well, okay, first <laughs> and foremost. Right. So the way you started out was very upfront with the status, Okay. Um, you had a very good summary of the status up front, which uh, basically reduced stress on my side. Because you have to understand, when I'm, when I'm listening, when someone's listening to you, they're listening for like the bottom line, especially an executive. And so you're either going to raise their stress level or reduce it. And very quickly, I, I felt myself at ease with how your update was going because you gave me the bottom line up front, which was what I wanted to hear. And then you had supporting statements behind it, right? So if we take a look at the framework that we that I talked about earlier, kind of uh, um, the problem solution value, what I'm driving at here is, if if, if as your uh, as the as the podcast audience can envision a triangle, okay. So when we're talking to executives or we're trying to get to the point, envision a triangle, and I want people to envision cutting that triangle in half with a line about halfway up that triangle, horizontal line. At the very top of that triangle is the point. So when we're answering a question for an executive or for someone in a higher level position, we get to the point. What is the main the main thrust of our message, right? So that's the very point of that triangle. Uh, under that point, we have our what really referred to as supporting arguments. So those are your the points that you made as an example around. Um, I've identified a yellow risk, right? I've asked you some more questions, and you had given me some alternatives to that. You went from the point to the supporting arguments and you stayed there. That's awesome. Now, as I described to the audience to draw that horizontal line, anything below the horizontal line are details. Okay. Those are as needed. So if I ask you a question on, hey, what was the reason for the person leaving? And you the answer was family emergency, that's a detail. You didn't offer that up to me initially. I asked, and you had some details to support it. So what you're allowing the executive to do is drive the direction of the conversation in only given details as needed. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, like I think when you, uh, when you first started, you offered up all these details and I'm like, I was overwhelmed. Right. I mean, you had, you know, you, the things you packed in that suitcase where you're, you know, you had tennis shoes, you had running shoes, you had boots, you had everything. And you told me you had everything. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just want to, you know, play tennis, you know, do you have tennis shoes? So think of that triangle, just a quick summary. You have the very top of it. You have the point of what you're trying to get to. You have supporting arguments. And that's what I call the yellow brick road. You stay there and you only go below that line again to get the details as needed if you're asked by an executive, right? And I think you did a really nice job. It flowed. And you tell me, how do you think that conversation flowed on the second time versus the first time? It was a lot easier on me. Because I didn't have to think about all those details right up front. It was, what is what is that point? Like you said, what where do we need to go? And and I like this format for any conversation. Mm-hmm. Even when my boss says, "All right, let's take a look at your career roadmap. Where do you want to be? What do you like to do? What do, you know?" Just to have that and say, "You know, I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. I'd like to do more of this, or I'd like to become a manager or product manager. I'm thinking about this." They can help you drive to that region in your career or uh, how's the family you know just any conversation you have with at any level 
should be thought of in this framework. It's like, what is it that I really want to get to? And sometimes you may need to pause a few seconds like I do, because there's there's this rush of information that goes through my head and says, oh man, they just unlocked Pandora's box. Uh, and, you know, all the snakes are going to come out. Well, you got you to gotta kind of put a filter on that and go, right. give me a sec. I, and, and you know what? Most people, if you say, you know, give me a minute to think about that or hold on while I collect my thoughts, uh, they're okay with that. It, it may feel like an eternity if you have a five second pause, mm-hmm. but it's not. No, that's a, that's a great point. And I, and I like the, the framework that you use, the language you use there is put a filter on it. Um, that's key. So what you're doing as a, as a speaker is you're putting a filter on what you're delivering. Um, and, and I just want to say in, in coaching these CMAs, uh, a lot of times our default as people um, needs to, we, we need to create new muscle memory with how we have these conversations. And it's not, it sounds easy to say, oh yeah, speak in the sense of like, you know, get to the point first and all the details later. It's very challenging. This is one of the most challenging um, parts of becoming a new uh, CMA for us that I've in, in these in these conversations I have with these folks because everyone wants to bring everything to the table. And it's really hard to just get to the point and just rely on those couple of supporting arguments. It almost feels like you don't bring enough. And it's, it's muscle memory to train yourself to only provide the details as needed. And it's um, people want to speak too much and add too much and... Like I said, you got too many pairs of shoes in the suitcase just because that's what you've always done, right? I, and I find this particularly true for people who are technically minded, the, the mm-hmm. developers being among those. They're proud of their work. They want to share all of those details that were challenging to implement. And it, it's just in our nature to want to show that off. But that's not the best way to go sometimes. Now we've talked about this, a verbal conversation. We had a couple of examples. What about written responses like email? Are, are there any differences in the way I should approach that messaging? Similar, but yet different. Uh, and that's a great question. So number one, um, whether it's speaking verbally or even an email, quote unquote, respect their time. Know that even an email you want to keep in mind, you want to look at the email after you've written it and kind of scrub it to make sure that it's not too long to read. So you wonder, number one, respect their time, right? So with that being said, you need to make a concise email. You want to bring the bottom line up front, even in an email message. You want to put the bottom line right up front with where you're at, okay? You want to keep it brief and succinct. Uh, you want to avoid things like bullet points. You know, bullet points can just kind of, there's all types of different interpretations around bullet points, right? Bullet points <laughs> can be like this long list, right? Get to the point. This is what, uh, you know, if it's a question that you're answering or it's an update you're providing, what is the update, right? Just say it. Mm -hmm. Include, this is really important, include actions and options and any types of trade-offs. And this is where your value as a, it could be a developer or someone who is an architect, what in your opinion is, are the options and what's your recommendation? Yes. Right? Yes. And and because if if I'm a senior vice president of, you know, of IT, I'm, I'm not going to have expertise in, you know, your domain as a developer. I'm, I'm expecting you to have that expertise and present to me what the options are and what you feel will be a, a good road to take for that. And then to be able to, to explain it. And then I'm going to question, I may question you on it, but I'm going to look to your, you know, what does your gut feel? What does that mean? Bring your value to the table, right? 
So if you need, if you need a decision, you know, make sure you give them enough time and information to make it. Don't overload the details. State when you need and state when you need a buy. So basically, you know, here's here's the action. A lot of times, what I'll do is I'll put in big, I'll bold it in bold text, "Action needed," yep. and I'll and I'll put it. And I'll even go to the extent of yep. like highlighting those those words in like yellow or green or something to make sure that your eye goes to it that you know this is what I need. So it's it's not overly overlooked, but or easily overlooked. But yes, if you have an action that's needed. Put it out there, right? Make sure you understand that person knows that there's there's something that they need to do, right? I hate it when I forget the due date. I'll have it in my mind that you know, I need this by Friday, but I'll say, "Hey, Dan, I need. You know, can you can you make a decision whether we're going right or left on this project?" And it, it gets to be next Tuesday. Going, come on, Dan, what's the holdup? <laughs> well, I never put any sense of urgency on it. Exactly right now, it, it happens too often, right? It happens too often. It's, it's almost like sending that message and forgetting the attachment. That's right. All right, let's let's do an example of of this written communication. All right, so this will be a written communication. So, okay, so here's the scenario. You just got word from a coworker of a plan to roll out ServiceNow service mapping in six weeks. Okay, no small task here. Tell me what you want to reply and then how you reply effectively. Again, this is email. All right, now what I want to reply... I want to re- I want to explain that because I'm the lead service now developer, I'm going to have more work coming my way. So naturally my brain goes to we're already behind on projects for this quarter. We have three other departments asking for P1 projects to be implemented. Uh I've I I haven't had PTO in 10 months. Uh so I'm having to put in 50 hours a week or more. I I don't have the skill set right now to implement service mapping. And it would take two of those six weeks of training, which and, and the training's not even available for another three weeks. So I'm already five weeks into this six week schedule. It just looks like a big old cluster, Dan. All right. So let me uh, let me put the turkey on the table, right? So something I, I noticed pretty quickly, the way you interpreted that request was our plan for you well that service mapping in six weeks right it's okay a- yeah that's fair most people assume you know what's in it for me yeah, right you right. just gave me a requirement and how am i impacted by this yep it very very common thing we all do right i mean it's it's muscle memory we're fighting muscle memory it's the first thing it's our default right so maybe something different would be how does this does this affect me okay let me let me try and craft you an email that that has a slightly different slant on that uh Here's my, I I would start with a subject like this. Input required, service mapping project. You see that in your inbox, you're going to know exactly what's needed. I need your input. That's what I'm asking for. And then um, let's go, hi, Dan. I'd like your clarification on the service mapping project. I'd like to schedule a few minutes to better understand resource planning. We already have some high-profile projects and a considerable backlog that I'll need your input on. Your schedule shows you're out next week. To avoid delays, can I get 30 minutes this week? So just a quick note that I wrote this and edited it several times. I I do this a lot when I'm writing, especially to somebody higher in the organization. Uh, I know that email is often that (laughs) type fast and send because you want to move on to the next one. But Take more time to read it, revise it. And something I often do is save it and come back to it later. 
you will have, I'll call it less of an emotional state. Because when I first read that first one, I'm like, oh my God, it's another thing on my plate that's just going to crush the camel's back. And, and you know, if you walk away from it and come back to it an hour or half a day, or maybe a day or two later, time depending, of course, on the emergency, it can make a world of difference. You'll read it in a whole different context. You write it and you save it and come back later. Woo, whatever I was smoking, cut the dose. Uh, <laughs> so how was, how was that email for you? I, I got to tell you, um, I, I thought it was, it was on point, right? So first and foremost, your subject line tells me right away what you needed. And, and, you, and uh, the subject there was input required you know, service mapping project. I knew exactly where you were going. So you set the table for me, right? Um, you explained up front uh, that you need my clarification on resources. You had a concern on resources, resource planning. Uh, and then you were considerate of my calendar, right? But you recognize we can't wait until I get back. So you offered me an alternative and a suggestion of a time frame um, that would work for both of us potentially to have that conversation in order to give you more insight into that project. So um, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I don't, I couldn't have written a, a better response in that sense. It, it was succinct, on point and considerate, no doubt. And professional. I, I didn't get emotional on any of that it, stuff. It, it was. It, uh, if, if I read um, your message, I'm not sensing concern to your point of emotions, emotional concern on your side. I, I read it like, Hey, this is good. I just need more clarification to make this work. And some of the keywords that I've, I've learned over the years, if I do have concerns, say that in the email, you know, I'm concerned about the timeline initially laid out that that says a lot without putting out this tremendous emotion you know, that that one phrase about having concerns has done me wonders about just raising a flag and saying, you know, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I've got concerns given the current resources. Mm -hmm. So you know, it gets back to that be honest part, but throw away the emotional baggage if you can. And remember to be professional, the, especially, especially if you're crossing cultural boundaries, this can get really dicey. Uh, we're going to get more resources, Dan. Yeah. Nice try, Chuck. Uh, you know, you're a, uh you're at least, uh, you've at least expressed your concerns, uh, you know, professionally and effectively, right? Mm -hmm. I tried. I tried. <laughs> All right. Sum it up for us, Dan. What are the takeaways for this? So, as I mentioned, uh, the two words that are most uh, memorable, hopefully, for your listeners here, be succinct. Right. Just let that sit in. I mean, you can't be succinct enough, right? Leverage the problem-solution value framework. And, and visually construct a pyramid of sorts or a triangle, which we try to get to the point of supporting arguments and only use the details as needed, right? So that's that keeps us, uh, that really kind of builds out that succinctness, right? We're trying to follow that being succinct. That's just a good framework for being succinct. And I like that visual because it implies you have to think about this before you engage. You know, make sure the brain is engaged before the mouth starts running. I think that that was like a childhood phrase someone told me once upon a time. <laughs> you know, be a little bit prepared. Have something. I find it easier to do this in email because you can edit and save mm -hmm. and come back later. But it's it's a little harder when somebody walks up to you and wants to engage verbally. So 
it 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 is something like you said, Dan. It's a muscle memory that I, I'm continually exercising, like the exercising we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Just 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 one more small point. I'll point out to people if they want to take us one, might- one step further for our, our podcast listeners. I would challenge them to take a post-it note out as they're listening to this podcast as we speak. Draw a triangle on it and map out on there point supporting arguments with the horizontal line with details at the bottom and put it up on their monitors to catch themselves, whether it's on the phone or writing emails, whatever. As I coach the CMAs, that's what I have them do. And many of them have done it, and they literally tell me that just looking at that reminds them to be succinct. So uh, I would challenge the listeners to, hey, if you really want to change the filter that you use and be more succinct, put it up there as a reminder of, hey, I need to be more succinct. Let me try this out. And uh, we'd love to get some feedback from your listeners if they've they've tried it and uh, see see if it worked for them. You bet. What do you say we do more of these in the future, Dan? I love it. I would love to be uh, another guest back. And uh, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> does that mean I have to give you resources for that project if I come back? <laughs> Ooh, homework. I like the podcast for homework. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Dan. Uh, before we leave, can you let the listener how they can get in touch with you? You did ask for feedback, by the way. Absolutely. So uh, my email address is dan.bolina. It's B as in boy, O-L-E-N-A at servicenow.com. You can get a hold of me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, if you want to send me a message on LinkedIn, we'd love to hear from folks. Just get some feedback on, hey, that's great. We want more uh, more topics. And uh, yeah, Chuck, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate this this time with you. And uh, um, you know, you and I share some uh, awesome experiences at the company here. And it's so great to, to still work with you, be a part of this organization, and really just help developers, architects. Just We want to just you know, bring value to those folks. And we really, you know, I, I very much enjoy working with anyone that's supporting the, the ServiceNow ecosystem. So thank you for having me on this podcast. And thank you for all of our podcast listeners for what you do in the, in the field for us and with us to keep this going forward. So look forward to coming back. It's my honor and pleasure. And once again, thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. If you liked this non-technical topic, like Dan said, let us know. We've got some great resources. I'll link them in the blog post on the developer portal and in the show notes for this episode. So if you've got a podcatching client that shows that, you'll be able to click and go. Please take a look and let us know what you think. Don't forget, check out those other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu. Once again, Dan, thank you so much for talking to us about how to talk to executives. Look forward to having you on again in the future. Awesome. Chuck, thank you much. And thank you, podcasters. So thank you all so much. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening.